Coming up on Let's Make It this week, we have two failures. Well, let me say a failure and a half. We try to tackle two viewer requests this week with some mixed results. So that's all coming up right after this. the new way everyone is getting their cell service. No overage penalties, great rates, keep what you do not use, no contracts, and someone will actually pick up the phone when you need support. Use our link and get $25 off your first month's service or your new phone. Just go to tech-zen.tv ting to save $25. It's Wednesday night, and it should be time for a different show. Oh, but it's okay. This week, uh, we're actually going to do... Um, a, Wednesday, a Tuesday night show on Wednesday night just because things worked out. We did that last week as well, and next week it should be back to Tuesday nights again. But this is Let's Make It, and this is Wednesday, uh, May 8th, and this is really the Wednesday, May 7th show, just recorded on May 8th. And tonight is an interesting night. It's going to be hopefully a little bit shorter tonight than some of our last couple weeks. Uh, we're taking a break this week from the shift registers. Actually, I'm not sure we're going to go back to shift registers based on some comments I got that we kind of beat that one to death. So... Um, but there are some other things that I don't want to say they're shifters, but they work in a similar way, and they're for doing uh, numeric displays like LED numeric displays. And we are probably going to cover cover that uh, probably in the next week or the week after. Uh, I'm not quite sure. But tonight, I've actually had a bunch of people asking about uh, the most popular, single most popular show we've had is the Arduino Wireless. And there's tons of questions, and I've got people asking questions about all kinds of different types of wireless devices, replacing the Zigbee stuff um, with different types of chips, and I've gotten to the stuff and I've experimented with it. And I'm just going to say this is going to be the, the failure episode <laughs> because I don't think it's working. Well, I know the one thing's not working at all. Um, and I'm going to try something different this coming week probably. Um, and, but the one thing that does work, I don't know if it's working the way it's supposed to. If it is, it's work, it works weird. Uh, but I want to go through those. And uh, the first one I want to look at, though, is this little wireless keychain. And I thought, well, what a cool idea. You can just buy this little wireless keychain, supposedly 50 feet away, and you can send um, to the Arduino uh, commands and stuff like that. So I got this, and um, actually, I actually should have the other one in here and showing you the actual chip, but I can actually take it out real, real easy and uh, show it to you. I say easy. And uh, it's really small, and this is the receiver. And let me go to the overhead uh, camera, and I'll stick it down here. You can maybe see it a little bit better. Uh, you see it only, there's, uh, on the edge here, there is uh, what would be seven pins. Uh, four of them are basically for data, one for each button. This is the way I think it's supposed to be, according to the, the diagram. Uh, ground and uh, five volts, and then a clock pin and there's slightly different variations of these chips, and I'm wondering if maybe the one I got isn't what I think it is, but the documentation on them is very weak. It's all written in uh, Chinese, Japanese, wherever it comes from, very little English. But I have found a couple sites that, that use this, and I've even downloaded some sample code, and it still doesn't work the way that I think it should. Now, it does do something, and it does it consistently, but I can't think that it's the right way. So um, let me go ahead and put this back in really quick. 
can't even check it back and write. <laughs> Let me look here. I was going in wrong, what do you know? Okay, so it's back in. Uh, let me reset the Arduino just to make sure. So the way that I thought it should work was that when you hit one of these buttons, the one of the four pins that is in there would come on and um, it'll turn the pin on based on what button you press. It doesn't quite work that way. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you first of all the source code. Um, this is actually pretty much a copy of what I saw online uh, to see if I could get it to work. And uh, I'll show you what it does do. It does something very consistent, but it doesn't work the way that I would think that it should work. So um, let me go, first of all, let's go look at the Arduino again real quick. What we have here on the Arduino is we have our power, our ground, and our, our five volts right here. And then running across, you have, I think they're calling it a latch pin or a clock pin. I don't know exactly what they call it. It doesn't really do exactly what they said it does. But then you have your four data pins. And those, from my understanding, are supposed to represent one for one pin for each button on this remote. That's not exactly, it kind of works that way, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you here in a second. So let's look at the code. And the code's very simple. We're defining our, uh, we're defining an interrupt pin. So we're defining uh, pin underscore D to underscore int as zero. And this is actually our interrupt number. Then we're defining our interrupt pin and then we have our datas, and it's zero, one, two, and three. So I'm using pins two, three, four, five, and six. So um, I'm then defining variables that store the current state of every one of these uh, buttons. And then dirty is basically how I'm keeping track of if the if an interrupt happened. So I'm going to come down here, and the next subroutine that we have is called pin to disr. And this is going to be called by the interrupt. You'll see down here in a little bit when we get down here that this is called by the interrupt uh, rising, the pin rising. So we provide a visual clue to the interrupt. Now where I'm doing this is I'm basically turning off and on uh, the LED on the Arduino, pin 13, uh, every time I get an interrupt. So you'll be able to see that when I do this. And then I'm reading the values of each of the pins right here and I'm setting dirty flag equal to one, and you'll see it on down here how we use that dirty flag. And as we come on down here, here's setup. So I'm attaching an interrupt. So whenever um, it's interrupt number zero, which I define this above, and pin two disr is the uh, function that we just created, and it's right, right there. Pin two disr is what we just walked through. So anytime this interrupt fires, I'm going to call that routine and I'm going to call it whenever it rises, the, the voltage goes high. Then I am going to uh, set up the pin modes. All these pins are inputs. Uh, zero, one, two, and three are inputs. And serial, we're gonna begin the serial output just for logging. And it is pin, uh, it is 9600 baud. So here we go through our loop, which is constantly going around in a circle. And if we see dirty, which means I got an interrupt, what I'm going to do is first of all turn off the reset so I don't go through here again without another interrupt. And I'm going to print to the screen the value of each of these pins. And then I'm going to put a blank line just for clarity. That's it. That's the bottom of the program. So what I want to do is I want to go ahead and go to tools and I'm going to do serial monitor. And what I'm going to do is on this little pad, 
this little thing right here, I'm going to press the D key. Now, I know I'm pressing D, I'm doing it for a reason, and you're going to see why when we'll go back to the code. So let me go ahead and go back to the computer, and I'm pressing the D key. All right, so there's an interrupt. So high, low, low, and low. It tells me, okay, that, uh, and I know this from experimentation, that high, or the very first high is, is good, is for D. So um, high, low, low, low is basically DCBA. So I'm gonna press D again, nothing happens. I'm gonna press D one more time. There it is again. So now I'm gonna press the A button. Nothing happens. A button, nothing happens. A button, nothing happens. And I can never get the button to anything. However, if I press D now, and I press D again, okay, see now I have high, low, low, high. So that means D, which I was pressing, was pressed. And you notice that A is now um, high. So if I, if I press A again, and then I press D, and press D again, now it's low. So it's like the buttons are toggling. So let's say I'm gonna do C. So that should be high, high, low, low. There's D, there's D again, high, high, low, low. So now I'm gonna press B and A. So here's B and A, and now D, and D again, D again, okay, all high. So it's like A, B, a, B and C are in some kind of weird latch mode. I just did A, B, and C again, and here's D, and here's D. High, low, low, low. So this could be normal for this chip. Um, it's not how I interpreted it to work, but this could be normal. And um, I've tried a couple other things messing with it, and it doesn't seem that the pins change until I hit the D key. So for whatever reason, D is what's making it go through. And in this case, D is always coming back high because it's the one that's making it go through. So and the others, I'm gonna do like, uh, let's do B and A. Here's B, here's A, here's D, and D. So it's latched. This could be normal for this control. Um, however, from my point of view, I consider that a failure. Um, I was thinking it was, you know, A, B, C, and D, and the pins came high based on what you pressed, but that just might not be the case. And that's not the, the case, okay, that's fine. Um, the documentation on this stuff is very, very weak. Now, I will say there's some instructions uh, I found about the chip that's on here, and there's ways you can do jumpers with it. Well, this particular board doesn't have jumpers on it, so I cannot change that. And there is a latch mode uh, for this also. So this could be that it's in some kind of weird latch mode, and I just haven't figured it out. So if you have played with one of these, I would love to have feedback as to what you did to get it to work right. And is it working right for me? I just don't realize what it's supposed to do. Um, I don't quite understand what the purpose would be because you never know what state something was in, um, but eh, it is what it is. So, and it was a very cheap control. It would be very neat if you could do remote control. Um, from what I've found from the basic chip without putting the antenna on, which you can add an antenna to it uh, by soldering in a piece of wire, it seems like it works, you know, decent distance-wise. I mean, I haven't tried going real far away. I saw somewhere uh, when I was reading through some of the stuff, somebody was messing with this and it said it was 50 feet. Um, that may have been with an antenna on it, it might not have been. But I've been playing with it within 10 feet and it's working fine. Um, but it's consistently working the way that I'm showing you. So that seems to me, that would seem like it'd be normal. So um, if it's normal, it's weird. That's all I wanna say about that. 
All right, so that's the first project. And uh, before we go into the other one, which is a complete failure, uh, no question about it to me. And um, I actually did it just, I looked at it for somebody who asked me to look at it. And uh, hopefully if you're watching and you're using that chip, uh, you help me out. But before I go there, I want to do talk about our, our sponsor. We've been lucky enough to have uh, Ting as our sponsor and for a few more weeks at least. And uh, Ting, if you have uh, never used it, is a great cell phone company. It's, uh, uh, it's called an MVNA. Basically, they resell services for Sprint and they have great rates. And it, because they don't really own the network, they're basically leasing part of the network, they get to focus on the customer service. And that is where Ting shines. Um, they also don't have a lot of the overhead that the cell companies have, so they can keep the prices low. Um, and that's the thing with Ting. I'm going to show you uh, some of the pricing plans for Ting. And it's, it's basically you pay for what you use. So, and it's, it's a shared plan. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of companies that have these family share plans. This is just like that. So if you think your family is going to use 500 minutes a month in the phones, uh, they have 4,000 text messages. I guess you have kids. You know, in my family's case, it would not be that many. We use uh, data more than anything else. And we probably increase, well, our data, we probably don't go over a gigabyte, I wouldn't think. And we have two phones. There's only two of us in the family. So with that, that's $48 for me for two phones with data uh, and 500 minutes, which we don't use more than 500 minutes. Um, and we don't text hardly ever. It's generally like iMessage, which is data. So, uh, But you can see, uh, you can generally, you can adjust the plan any way you want real quickly. Um, adding additional phone is really cheap. So uh, here it is. It's $6 a month per phone. So I want to add a third phone. Okay, so it's $18 now. So my, my three phones is now up to $54. It's an incredible plan. And uh, you basically use, you pay for what you use. So let's say you have 500 minutes and you this month you only use 100 minutes. So they're going to take that $9 down to $3 because you haven't used it. Or let's say you go over five hundred dollars, but you're still under a thousand minutes or five hundred minutes, and you're um, you're still under a thousand minutes. So they're going to bump you up to eighteen dollars with no penalty. They're not going to next month you go back to five, to the nine dollar a month. It's not like the other carriers where they're going to give you a fine for going over what you use. You just pay for what you use. And there's a whole bunch of reasons here why you would go and pick Ting over the other. First of all, I showed you great rates. And again, there's no overage penalties, so there's no worry about you're getting close to your minutes. You give you credits on your light months. You can put multiple devices. You saw it $6 a month per device. You just keep adding keep adding devices. That's great for your small business, $6 per, per device and this usage fees. There is a, a bunch of free features. Actually, there's more free features in here than what most companies will give you. Uh, they even give you tethering and hotspotting as a free feature inside of Ting. And uh, that's that's something most, car most carriers don't, don't do. The other thing is no contracts. You don't have to sign up for a two-year contract. You can come and go as you please, add and remove devices as you want. Um, and they have this little thing here. They call them strategically used devices. And uh, that is, the way I look at that is, say you have uh, an older parent that doesn't carry a cell phone around, doesn't like cell phones or whatever, but you just don't like them driving around out on their own uh, without some kind of way getting back to you. So. Uh, with a strategically used device, you just pay $6 a month. You stick one in a glove box, show them how to use it. And if ever they break down, uh, driving around somewhere, they can get in contact with you. Uh, they have great devices to buy. I'm going to go show you some of the devices before we, before we go here. 
And uh, you can also bring your own device. If you already have a phone that worked on the Sprint network, you can bring it right over. Their support, this is where they shine. And they shine, uh, uh, they're part of two cows. I don't know if you ever use two cows, but um, they have a bunch of other companies too that they deal with, that they um, do like domain registrations with and stuff like that. And uh, they uh, use this support model where they don't want to put you on hold. Uh, if you're there between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., uh, Monday through Friday, Eastern time, they will never put you on hold. There is like, they disable their hold. They just, just don't, they just don't do it. And this is what they do with Hover too. I think Hover really did, they started it first. And uh, they en empower their support people so that if you have a problem, there's none of this, let me put you on hold and go get my supervisor. They can take care of you. The person you talk to is empowered to take care of you. That's, that's awesome. Uh, they're very big on Android. You're going to see that in the device. So we'll go through here and show you this. They uh, give you tons of graphs and real easy to read bills. So you can see how you're using your, your minutes or your data or whatever. And you can cancel at any time and it's really easy. Like I said, there is no contract. So let's go take a look at a couple of the devices that are out here. And you see here's the smartphones and you see all these Android phones. You can even get down, here's a Galaxy S3. I know the S4 just came out, but the S3 is still a very, very popular and very capable phone. And here's the new HTC One that just came out. So even new devices are out here. Here's the Note 2, the phablet that everybody carries around. So you can see uh, tons of devices. And if you don't want, like if you have a parent that doesn't like, doesn't want a cell phone or doesn't, want, doesn't carry them and you want like a, one of those phones you stick in the glove box, here they are right here. Real simple, here's a flip phone and here's a, another supporting feature phone. Uh, it's actually, they call it pretty smart for a non-smartphone. And there's a couple other things you can do too. Um, if you live in an area where it's hard to get telephone service, like maybe you're up in the mountains somewhere, but you have good Sprint coverage there, you can buy this box right here and plug your landline in. You can live anywhere and do this. Um, actually, uh, works anywhere that you have Sprint service. But if you don't want to have a landline, like from uh, Verizon or whoever, you can just buy this box, plug in your home phone to it, and it works over the cellular network uh, just like um, it does. It's plugged into like Verizon or the wireline carrier that you have. And if you have, uh, if you're in an area that has not so great Sprint coverage, you can buy this uh, Sprint Airwave and it works over the internet and actually brings in the Sprint into your, your home or your business and gives you good coverage with Sprint. And that's all available through Ting as well. Like I said, I use the Sprint network, so you see a lot of stuff out here. There's a savings calculator. You can go out there and figure out how much you're going to save, but you'd be amazed when you, when you figure out uh, how much you're going to save. And uh, we thank Ting for sponsoring Let's Make It. All right, so let's move on to our next thing, and I'm going to uh, show you what it is. Let me undo the other one that's here. And you remember a few weeks back, I don't remember what episode it was, I should have looked. No, I didn't. We uh, did a Zigbee and showed you how Zigbee can work uh, and transfer basically like a serial port over, uh, over wireless. So what I was asked by one of our viewers was this other chip that's actually really inexpensive. Uh, I think it's like $5 for the pair if it would work. And based on the specs, I said, yes, it should work, but I hadn't tried it. So I ordered one, and uh, I believe this came out of China. It took me a little while to get it, and I've been playing with it. And this is one thing I can say it does not work. Well, the way I'm using it does not work. Let's put it that way. So let me do this. Let me get my right stuff up on my screen here, and I'm going to show you then 
what I have. Let's actually look at the, uh, the overhead here. And what it is, is it's just two little chips and I pull them both out. This is the receiver chip. And you see it's four pins. Where's the camera? There it is. Four pins and it is power and ground and two data. And supposedly the data are the same thing because you can use either one of them. However, no matter which one I use, I get the same results out. And then the transmitter is this little guy. And again, it's four pins. And you can see it's really tiny. And it's again, just data, uh, five volts in the ground. And let me see what the rest of it, the other one is. Oh, the other one's the antenna. So that's how you hook up the antenna is the fourth pin right there. So let me get these plugged back in. All right, there is the transmitter, and I get the receiver plugged back in. All right, so let me plug this into power so we can power these up and show you the problem that I have. <laughs> and the problem that I have exists even when the transmitter is not on, so that's why I'm not quite sure uh, what I'm doing. And then some of the comments that were in there, actually another USB power cord. Okay, now that everybody had a bathroom break <laughs> and I got the power back. So, as I was saying before I realized I didn't have my power here, um, the one of the problems that I've been having is the receiver just receives garbage. And uh, I'm not quite sure why. The transmitter, I can kind of see it transmitting. I think it's transmitting. But the receiver, even when the, the, the transmitter is off, is just going nutso. So let me get into the Arduino here. And that's the transmitter. I want to show you what I'm getting back in the serial monitor. All right. Actually, <laughs> Well, failure is all of a sudden working. I don't know why that is, but it appears like it's working okay now. How weird is that? So anyways, <laughs> as I was saying, I was getting garbage. So I'm going to uh, unplug the transmitter and see what happens. So the transmitter is unplugged and no problems. So this is the fun of a live show. Since it's working, I'm going to plug the transmitter back in again. Since it's working, I'll walk through the code and I'll show you how simple it was. I will tell you that uh, I went to the, I did find this online somewhere, uh, some code, and there's actually a library for this that claims you have to use a library. You can't use the serial port of the Arduino. However, um, what you just saw working was the serial port of the Arduino. Um, the library that I pulled down would not compile, and it's missing a lot of stuff. So um, I didn't go too much farther with it. And, oh, you know why? This is part of the fun. Also, I was actually looking at the wrong board, I do believe. Yeah, here we go. This is the receiver. So now you see all the garbage. I'm gonna unplug the transmitter. 
and you see all this garbage that I'm getting. It's just constantly sending out garbage. If you look at the uh, receive on that receiver, uh, the receive light is just going nuts. So if you go to the website for this, and I'll tell you what this is, this is a Seed Studio, which is S-E-E-E-D Studio, 433 megahertz, low cost transmitter receiver pair. And I actually got it from robotshop.com, which they're great, by the way. Um, and it's an RB-SEE-12. So I went to Robot Shop and they have links to stuff. And I actually found the website uh, for this uh, Seed Studio and they have a wiki. And the wiki says that you cannot use the serial port on the Arduino. You have to use this library in a different pin, which I did download, download the library. And you can see it's still going nuts. Uh, I did download the library and it uh, does not compile or does not, it just has errors all through it. So I haven't taken the time to figure out uh, what all the errors are. Um, so that may be something I can do later on this week or maybe next week and uh, so you can figure out what's going on. So as I was looking through the wiki, there's a link to SparkFun with their example code. And their example code is what I'm actually running right this minute. And it is basically what I was doing. Let's go look at that real quick. Just ignore all the scrolling. So here's the transmitter. And all I'm doing is setting up uh, a variable called seconds. And I'm starting the serial port at 2400 bits per second, or 24 baud, 2400 baud, and, uh, which is supposedly OK. And uh, I'm printing out the number of seconds, which you saw before. And every second, I'm increasing it. And when I get greater than 255, I'm just going back to zero again just because I'm only sending across, trying to send across one decimal value or one byte. And I'll wait one second, I do it again. That's all there is to this program. That's the whole thing right there. So let me go look at the receiver code. And all I'm doing on here is, um, actually I can get rid of the second, it's not needed anymore in this one. But I do a serial begin, 2400 baud. If I have a variable, or anything in the serial port waiting to come in, I just go ahead and uh, read the character in, and I print it out to the screen, the decimal value of it, and that's all there is to this. So this is basically outputting what I'm getting back on the serial port, which is a bunch, bunch of absolutely nothing. And uh, it's just total garbage coming across. When I don't make a decimal value, you can notice like it's gibberish. Um, so getting a lot of nulls and stuff like that in here. So from all what I can tell, um, it's not functioning. And if you have used one of these, I would love to know how you got this to work because I cannot get it to work and I've spent hours on this. Um, I spent a good hour or so going to the library trying to get it to work that uh, you download from Seed Studio um, and it just doesn't doesn't ever get it to work. I mean, I, I don't know what's wrong with it. Um, I've gone through the code and it's, every time I fix one thing, something else shows up. And uh, so I may spend some more time on that uh, and see if I can figure out what it is. But this is definitely the big failure for the week. So we have some good and some bad. Uh, well, the button, the remote, I don't know if it's good or not. If it's, I don't like how it works, if that's how it's supposed to work. But if you have played with any either one of these and gotten them to work, I would really love some feedback. And uh, I'll even sh you know put your source code or whatever up on, you know, online with it and all that. So uh, I will put links in the show notes to the, both of these items. Um, if you want to play with them, you know, buy one and play with it. Um, they're not, you need one that's really expensive. The, uh, the RF link, I think it's only like $5 or something like that. 
and uh, the remotes were probably about the same price, and I got a couple of those, and they both work the same way, by the way. I tried them both just to make sure. Uh, but yeah, that's this week on Let's Make It. Nothing really was made that would work. Um, I don't really have an exact plan for next week, although next week I do plan to go back to Tuesdays, and uh, maybe we can see if Bob is available to come back, and maybe we can do tackle some other things uh, around the LED driver chips and stuff like that. Um, but I'd love to have feedback, and I'd like to know what you want us to show you how to do or try to figure out how to do ourselves. And uh, if uh, you want to uh, send us a note, you can go to uh, tech-zen.tv and uh, go to Let's Make It, and all the contact details are there. We do have a Google Voice number. You can call and leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. If you have made a fun project with an Arduino and you want to share it, uh, make a video, send it up to YouTube, just send, send us a link, and uh, we'll put it on the show. We definitely love hearing from people. I'm hearing from more and more people all the time for the show, and uh, I love that. In fact, the things that I was playing with this week were all at uh, viewer requests uh, or questions. So if you if you eventually ask us, did you try this with this, or you know how this works, we typically end up buying it and, and trying to figuring it out, And which is what happened this week. And we just uh, did the two things together that, that didn't work right, uh, just to get it off so people didn't think we were just ignoring them. But uh, we definitely love hearing, hearing from you. If you're watching us on YouTube, there's a subscribe button right there. Subscribe so you get notified when we get new shows that come out. Uh, give us a thumbs up on the YouTube as well. Uh, even leave a comment in the bottom. We love uh, hearing from everybody. If you're uh, getting us on like iTunes or some other kind of podcast directory, uh, you know, leave a rating for us. The ratings definitely help us be found and uh, uh, help us to grow uh, as the community grows as well. And I will say this is... Uh, our most popular show currently and is growing very, very quickly. Uh, but we love that and I love hearing from people. Uh, just If you do send an email, just give us a couple of days to get back and we're just really busy people. So, But we love hearing from you and uh, check back in next week. And next week we'll be back on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Have a great week. For show notes for this show, contacts, and more, go to the techzen.tv website where you can get show notes for all of our shows. We love to hear from our viewers and listeners. We have an email, a Twitter, and a phone number where you can contact us for each show. For details, visit the techzen.tv website and get the show details. You can also make a video and upload it somewhere like YouTube or Vimeo and then just send us a link. You never know, you may see your video in a future show. You can get all of our shows delivered automatically to your favorite device by going to your favorite podcast website like iTunes and subscribing. Each of our shows also has a YouTube channel you can subscribe to to get regular updates. Our shows are also available on most internet radio networks like Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. You can also watch and listen to our shows on Xbox, TiVo, and Roku. You can even find us on your Zoom.